is Mickey Wright, and I want to welcome you to Beauty Superstars Talk, your backstage pass to experts in beauty. I believe success leaves clues, and if you want to be the best, you have to hang out with the best. This podcast allows you to do just that. I've spent my career as an award-winning hairstylist, independent educator, and salon coach who's helped tens of thousands to get more clients and make more money. I was also one of the first African-American owners of a full-service salon and day spa in the country. In short, I love beauty, business, and peeking backstage. If that sounds like you, I invite you to join me each week as I bring you the best and brightest Black artists and entrepreneurs in the beauty industry to share their stories, leave you with tips, tricks, and insights to take your business to the next level, and to take you backstage in their part of the industry. So if you're ready, let's go. Hello, and welcome to Beauty Superstars Talk, your backstage pass to experts in beauty. My name is Mickey Wright, and I'm your host, and we we will be continuing on with our Winning the Retail Game Month. Um, If you've joined me before, you've probably heard that this talk show was actually born out of the tragic murder of George Floyd and the racial tensions that erupted. Um, That soon spilled over into the beauty industry, which is still one of the most segregated industries in the country, next to churches. So um, during that time, I was actually blessed to be on a couple of different Zoom calls with other top black artists in the beauty industry. And we met um, those that we didn't know and everyone shared their stories and some of their experiences in the industry, including subtle and not so subtle, you know, forms of racism people may have experienced. But with the caliber of people who were on the call and how they're contributing so beautifully to our industry, I actually left there feeling super inspired and like these stories must be told. So my guest tonight is actually someone that I met on one of those calls. Keena Merriweather is here, and she is also known as the retail boss. She actually shared a powerful story, and we connected afterwards um, to spend a few minutes, you know, just to meet and kind of get to know one another. And we actually finished the call about two hours later, so we <laughs> we had quite a bit to talk about. But she's actually um, an absolute wealth of information on a lot of various aspects of the beauty industry. Um, including salon ownership. Um, she's worked as a cosmetology instructor, wig making, government contracting through, you know, working with the beauty industry, legislation regarding our industry. And of course, she is the retail boss, um, which will be our focus for tonight. And before I formally introduce her and kind of get started with, you know, hearing her story and the tips that she has to share with us on retailing, I want to let you know why I'm so excited to be here. Um, Also very honored. Um, Each and every week, I'm bringing you some of the best and the brightest Black artists and entrepreneurs in the beauty industry to share their stories and actually take you backstage into their world. Um, Again, my name is Mickey Wright. And if you're on YouTube with us, I want to invite you to subscribe and to ring the bell so you won't miss an episode. We do this every Tuesday at 7 p.m. And um, also, if you've missed any of our previous ones, you can 
check it out there on YouTube as well um, under Mickey Wright, M-I-K-I-W-R-I-G-H-T. But I actually started Beauty Superstars Talk as an opportunity to celebrate Black artists and entrepreneurs who are excelling in the beauty industry to preserve our history. We just finished up Legends Month and also to encourage entrepreneurship in our industry. So I've had the pleasure of doing almost everything you can do in the beauty industry, um, including becoming an award-winning hairstylist, an educator who's helped thousands of stylists and salon owners to actually get more clients and make more money. I'm also second generation in the industry with both my mom and sister in it as well. And I was also one of the first African-American owners of a full service salon and day spa in the country. And in short, you could really say that I love the beauty industry. So as I mentioned, I left those uh, Zoom calls feeling so inspired and with a sense that people have to have have to hear these stories. So um, I've actually expanded my platform to provide a safe space for black artists to tell their own stories, you know, without any narration. So we're here to inspire, to educate and to heal our beloved industry. And without further ado, I want to welcome my guest. Um, I also want to share just a little bit about her before we jump right into hearing her story and seeing how we can shift our mindset um, and become what I'm calling retailing ninjas in this last quarter of the year. So um, welcome, Kina. I'm just going to share a little bit from your bio, if that's okay. And yes, we'll jump you. in. <laughs> so Mrs. Sakina L. Meriwether um, Kina is an English Town, New Jersey native. She has extensive as an ex, she has an extensive career as a cosmetology educator. She developed a love for cosmetology in high school. Kina began taking cosmetology classes in high school before gaining acceptance to Dudley Cosmetology University. And of course, we had Mr. Dudley on last week. Um, as a cosmetology instructor, she's also trained cosmetology professionals at Dudley Cosmetology School in the District of Columbia, Trident Technical College, and two Paul Mitchell schools. Ms. Kina was the owner of a thriving hair salon in Charleston, South Carolina, prior to relocating to Atlanta, Georgia. With a professional background in both cosmetology and retail management, Kina's unique background has equipped her to successfully teach entrepreneurs and executive leaders how to appreciate the art and science of beauty while either obtaining or maintaining profitability, regardless of seasonality factors. Kina has been deemed the retail boss, a name she proudly claims. Currently, she provides cosmetology products and services to the federal government, also known as government contracting, and teaches other entrepreneurs how she does it. Consults and also teaches retail education to entrepreneurs and executive leaders who seek to increase total revenue and net profitability over time. And I think that sounds like us tonight. Um, <clears throat> she teaches with passion and conviction to ensure that both new and seasoned professionals gain a greater understanding of the subject matter being taught. As a former salon owner, Kina retired from behind the chair at 40 years of age while leveraging retail sales in her salon. Therefore, Kina is duly equipped to provide relevant information to an ever-evolving profession due to her educational underpinning, real-world experience, and a keen eye for emerging trends. Today, with her teaching platform, Kina gives a globally diverse socioeconomic audience how to be creative, innovative, and profitable in both ASAC asynchronous on demand and synchronous formats. Kina is a consummate learner with a sincere desire to empower students. Kina has evolved into the beauty and into a, the beauty industry leader you see today. 
As an author and podcaster, she's built a global audience with a listenership of more than 37 countries and counting. Her podcast can be heard on various platforms that include, but not limited to, Apple Podcasts, Google, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Podbean, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, and other platforms. In short, you can find her podcast on almost any podcasting platform. So hold on to your seat as Kina prepares to you to create a paradigm shift in your business via retail. And we can't tell you even how excited we are to have you here. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this. I love sharing education and knowledge. So thank you for having me, for choosing me to be a part of your platform. Yes, yes. Um, When I thought about, you know, it's like each month I do a, a theme for each month. And just kind of looking at, you know, what is needed, um, just thinking retail, you know, it's like our title for tonight is, you know, is retail the new cosmetology. And I definitely couldn't have a retail month without the retail boss. So <laughs> we are very honored that you're here. And um, I'm hoping everybody has pen and paper or a tablet or something to take some notes because this lady is a dynamo. And she shares and she shares a lot. And so we want to catch every little nugget <laughs> that you're dropping off. So so tell us, you know, like how you got into cosmetology in the first place. You know, your bio says that you got into it or interested in it in high school. What sparked it for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was total accident, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I never, I, I never, I didn't see myself going into cosmetology out of high school. I saw myself going uh, into the fashion industry, and that is like my very first love. And upon my journey of figuring out what school I was going to go to, you know, my parents let me know you're gonna have to work your way through school because you want to go to school in New York. And it's extremely expensive in the school that I wanted to go to at the time. They didn't have a dormitory. So you know how expensive it was back in the 90s to live in New York City, just as well as it is now. So uh, a friend of mine um, asked me to come and be a model for her at her cosmetology school and uh, get a facial done for open house. And while I was laying there getting that facial done, everything that teacher was telling those parents to those students about getting enrolled in that program, I was like, I want that. Especially when she talked about the money, how much money you could make. You know, back then coming into fresh into the industry, you could start off making $50,000 back in the 90s. So, you know, hearing that at such a young age, I was like, that's going to be it for me because I already had a natural ability to do Mm -hmm. hair, you know. And so for me, hearing that, I was like, wow, I can do that. That would work. And, you know, it just kind of broadened my view of what cosmetology was all about once I got in that program. And I was like, wait a minute, I could really turn this into a thriving business. Uh So I just went in that direction. I never went to school for fashion. Okay. (laughs) Crazy because beauty and fashion, they work hand in hand. So it only made sense when I sit back and I I think about it. It only made sense that that was like a first love for me. And, um, you know, my mom had a traumatic experience with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she had asked me one day when I came home from school to take a clipper and cut all her hair off. So having that experience, I made her a wig. And so when I went to this open house, I was like, wait a minute, I got some natural talent. I can do this. And that's how I got into cosmetology. 
It's amazing. It wow. Really yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how, you know, I feel like God weaves all these different little pieces together um, <laughs> to show you. It's like, okay, right over here. This is the, <laughs> this is the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. It's like another thing we have in common is like fashion was my first love as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, it definitely works all together. And what you shared, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, you know, sorry to hear about your mom with that experience, but mm -hmm. you're telling us that you made a wig without any training prior to no training allergy school. Okay. <laughs> a stocking cap hair and glue. That's okay. all I have. <laughs> wow. Well, that that's impressive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, that's, I mean, a, a fabulous way to enter kind of fall into the industry. So how did you go from, you know, cosmetology into the retail? Because you've got the retail retail management background as well. So how did that kind of evolve? Well, that evolved with me again, still in high school. I studied fashion from uh, freshman year all the way to my senior year. Our, my, my high school had a program. And through that program, I was able to apprentice at uh, Nordstrom. And I learned how, you know, to uh, recognize and realize the importance of building clientele within Nordstrom. That was their, that that's what they stood by, building a clientele and offering an experience. And once I learned how to do that, just, you know, with clients coming in and having special shoppers and all that kind of stuff, I learned about the merchandising and I learned how to do floor sets and, you know, color palettes and hues and all of these different things and how to put those things together. So I became like a specialist of like doing these floor sets. And then after that, they hired me. They were like, do you want to work here? And I was like, yeah. So I started working at Nordstrom um, at a very young age and I learned the business. I learned the units per transaction and why it was so important to sell more than one unit at a time to a customer, what that meant for the business. I learned how to goal set and what that meant for the business. I also learned that if I set goals for myself that I could uh, get these bonuses every single month. So for me, the business side is what really caught my attention. So it, it, it was twofold for me. I learned these two skills at 16 to 18 years of age. And just over time, it's like every job that I had, you know, being a military wife, moving from state to state to state to state, you know, getting your cosmetology license, sometimes it took months. So I always fell back on my retail experience. And because, you know, I had management experience in the past, every job that I've ever had, I ended up getting a store manager's position. So, I mean, I worked with, uh, I used to work for Cache. I worked for Victoria's Secret. I worked for Children's Place. I also worked for Foot Locker. So I, I've had my foot in the door with retail for a very long time. It's never left me. And because that's something I could always use to fall back on moving around, that's exactly what I did. So I was able to bring those same skills into the beauty world. So mm -hmm. for me, selling product, I never had issues with selling product to my clients. I always made really good money, but no one taught me, hey, you got a goal set. That was a skill that I learned from working for Nordstrom's. And right. I just applied those same skills and it made me extremely successful. Uh, working in someone's salon as a commission stylist, worked my way to a booth renter, 
uh, ended up becoming a salon suite owner back in like 2010. And then I opened an open floor salon and I trained other people to do the same exact thing. And they're all salon owners now, I think, except for maybe two. So, you know, for me, it was understanding the business is what was important. Because I, I said to myself, if something was to ever happen to me and I was I was not able to use my hands to do hair ever again, what is it that would keep my business afloat? And that was retail. That was retail for me. So I understood very, very early on in, in, the, in my cosmetology career how important that was. And I actually put that on the forefront before the clientele in terms of the chair and servicing like 20 clients in a day. You know, I learned early on that if I was to service a certain amount of clients in a day and sell each client a certain amount of retail per day, that I can make a certain amount of money that would get me to the goal of what, you know, I want whatever that was I wanted to make for that particular month. And that is what helped me to retire from behind the chair. I was able to, I said it early on at 40, I'm not doing hair after that. I'm going to focus on education because I know that education also was the key to success. And it actually the application of education is the key to your success. And I wanted to be able to teach other people how to build wealth in our communities. And this cosmetology, you know, this is something that we as black, black women, black men, have been doing forever. This goes way back in our history, back, back to the Egyptian times, back to, you know, African culture and the things that we did. And there, I mean, there were cosmetologists that were doing kings and queens wigs all the way back then, <laughs> you know, so it was an, it was considered an honor, you know, to be able to, you know, look a certain way that meant that you were a certain stature. So, you know, something my grandma taught me at a very young age, you know, she said, I don't care what you're going through. You always, always look your best. No one should ever be able to know your story by how you look. And you are not what your story is. Your story helps to propel you to the next destiny. So never be a victim and never look like you're a victim of your circumstances. And I've just carried those thing with, things with me throughout my career. And I tell you, being a cosmetologist, being a cosmetology instructor, it was truly my calling. I, I could I could not have gone into uh, another industry to get the level of appreciation, the level of gratitude and the success. I, I don't think that I couldn't have gotten it like at the level that I because I climbed the ladder really fast. Like people really didn't see me coming because I was always a behind the scenes girl. You know, let me. Let me set up the stage for you. Let me be your assistant. Let me shampoo back backstage. You know, I was getting in those those tubs, you know, shampooing out hair in the hotels with relaxing at the bottom of my feet. Like I was that girl. And through, um, you know, being assistants and, you know, just really seeing what it takes to get the ball rolling as an educator on stage. That was I could not have paid for that training. I literally went through boot camp to become a great stage presenter. And it was no joke. And, you know, learning from others, you know, learning underneath other people, it just really set the stage for me. They set the stage for me. And I don't think that they thought that because I'm now in the same, I'm on the same scale where they are. And it was like, a lot of people looking at me like, I remember when, like, 
you're a baby. And I'm like, I'm right here with you now. <laughs> like truly paved the way for me. So, you know, what I learned was to own information as an educator. So I really own the retail world and I never let it go. So, and, and I just, I evolved into this name as the retail boss all by accident. I was on someone's stage teaching weaving techniques. I used to teach with um, Tamika James and the weave experts. And we were doing, we would do these shows all over the place. And I think we were like at premiere and we had this whole room full of people. And I started talking about retail. It just came out of me, you know, it was just, it just came out. We were talking about hair loss and I just started going in. And so one of the girls on stage, when we got off, she was like, you just need to call yourself the retail boss because no matter what we do, you always got a product for somebody. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'm a, one day I'm going to use that. So as I developed into an individual educator, I went back to that. I, I never forgot that. And I was like, yeah, that is what I own. And I love it. I absolutely do. Yeah. Well, you own it well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's like you shared so much with us. Um, one of the things I love what your grandmother said is like, that is powerful indeed. Um, as far as always looking your best and, you know, that your circumstances don't define who you are, that they're yeah. just there to propel you. That's powerful. Uh, powerful thing, especially to get as a younger person to embody and embrace. And going back to what you were sharing, like your experience with Nordstrom, you were mentioning units, like units per this or per that. Can you break that down for us a little bit more just so we kind of have a, a good understanding and, and maybe tie it to what we could see in our salon space? Absolutely. I, I can tell you uh, how that really collided for me in the cosmetology world. Um, you know, as you as you mentioned in my bio that I was an, an alumni at DCU, um, mm -hmm. Dudley Cosmetology University in Kernersville, North Carolina. Uh, I had the I had the privilege. I mean, I, I, it was only God how it happened, but. I think someone must have told somebody to told somebody, but I got an opportunity. <laughs> I got an opportunity out of the blue to be, become a part of Mr. Dudley's mentorship program. Mm -hmm. And I got to walk the Dudley grounds every Thursday morning at like 5 a.m. You had to get in your full, full blue suit and get all dolled up. And I walked amongst Mr. Dudley and his sales team. And it was myself and like two other young ladies. And we got to walk with them those mornings and he would walk the grounds and he would speak to the ground to produce. He would speak to the building to bring more students. He would speak to the home office to produce more product. And as we got into the building of where all the products were being made, um, you know, we got an opportunity to really learn. And he really talked to us about how the product was made and formulated that everything is supposed to work together like molecular structure and why this goes with that and so of course in those moments you know i'm like okay i get how these products work my the girl that did my hair used them for years but to really understand that these products were made to be packaged to sell to a client as a system i said oh that takes me back to what i already know and so Going back to my experience at Nordstrom, we were taught to sell more than one unit per transaction, your UPT, units per transactions. 
And our units per transactions were always supposed to be more than one unit. So whether it was two, three, four, you know, six, whatever. Uh, but with that, when you go back and read the numbers and you start to see your numbers for your goal for the hour drop and your units per transaction were also low, that meant that you were missing the bar somewhere. So it made you go back every hour and pull these reads. And it's like, okay, we're only at, you know, 1.5 units per transaction. Let me see who's doing what. And I would go back and look at all the sales associates and say, okay, you're selling two, you're selling two, you're selling one, you're selling two, you're the 0.5. So let me help and assist you for the remaining part of your shift so I can help you with your conversation with educating your clients on our product, on our, you know, whatever it is that we had going on in the store for promotions or whatever. So as a manager, I was able to translate the language for uh, the sales associate to be able to build that conversation with the client. So I just, I brought that into the beauty industry. And when I heard Mr. Dudley say like, this is why these products are made this way. I was like, oh, this is easy for me. I already, I already know how to do this. So I ended up being in charge of some fundraiser at our school. I'll never forget. We sold all these packages. It was absolutely bonkers. Like we bundled all these packages and they were like, who did this? Who came up with this? And so, you know, it's like she did. And we were like, <laughs> he was like, what is going on over here? So he spoke into my life very early on and told me that one day that I would own my own school, one day that I would own my own product line. And one day that I would own my own, you know, business and, you know, slowly but surely it's coming to fruition. And he was such a wise man for me at that time. I just, I, I will never forget that opportunity. It was just, it was just supposed to happen. It was just God given. And I've taken advantage of it ever since. <laughs> but yes, that's where the units per transaction comes from. And the mm -hmm. more that you sell per, per transaction, the quicker you will get to your sales goal. So I always use this example when I'm teaching. If you're, um, if you're let's say your medium tier product is $20. Medium tier product. And that's normally like a bottle of shampoo or maybe a bottle of conditioner or maybe uh, some type of... Um, I don't know, specific mask or something that may be like $20. And the rest of your products range anywhere between uh, $12 to $10, maybe even six. And then everything else from that $20 mark may be between $22, $25, and $30. Stick with that middle tier, which is that $20 item. So if your average bottle that you sold, if you could sell a $20 bottle, to every client in a day, or if you can't sell it to every client in a day, but if you were at least able to sell three of those $20 bottles in a day, then you would make $60 a day. If you were to take that same $60 and multiply it by the five days that you worked in a week, that's $300 in a week. And go so on and so on, multiply that $300 in that one week, multiply that by 52 weeks in a year. You know, you've sold $15,000 $15,000 worth of retail product. And it all started with just that $120 bottle. So I started making stylists think outside the box. Now, with that being said, with a $20 bottle, if you were to sell two of your $12 bottles, which would be $24 bottles, let's just do that the same way. So let's start pairing and let's start finding out what within your product line 
works together, what sister products work together, that marry together, that without using the other piece, you will not be able to get the results. Because at the end of the day, our clients are not really buying retail. They're really buying results. They're buying what they see when they look in the mirror and leave your chair. That's what they're buying. They're like, whatever you got that made my hair look like this, to give me this shine, and that's going to give me this hold until I come back in a week's time, what do I need? And I always teach in my classes, make sure that your presentation is clean. Make sure that your presentation is on your station before your relaxer client or your natural hair client comes in. You should know what products they need to go home with. So put those products on your station. On the other side of your station, place the products that you're going to use in their hair and put them in order so that they can see you layering the product. So as you're layering the product, you're educating them on why I'm putting this leave-in conditioner on first. Why am I combing it through the hair with a large tooth comb, which I also have here, tools as well as mm -hmm. just hair products. Then, you know, going behind it with the next product, letting them see you apply two pumps of foam to my hand, emulsifying in my hands first. And now I'm going to run it through the hair strands, finger through my hair strands. Now I'm going to comb it through. And the importance of why I'm doing all of these things, especially now with the curly hair movement, because it's so important to apply product perfectly, like right. It can't be caked on. It can't, you know, it's got to be right so that you get the curl pattern that you're looking for that effect. So with that being said, it's always having the mindset of these products work together. They're sister products. They go hand in hand. So when the clients see that, they're like, by the time most of your clients are done, they're like, give me everything that you use because I need to be able to do the same thing. <laughs> That's yeah. normally what you know happens. So when you go back to units per transaction, you're going to hit your number. You should always either hit your number or go over your goal as long as you're doing it that way, that same way every time. And when it becomes a habit and it's repetitious, we all know anything you do past 21 days becomes a habit. So now this is my normal routine for every time my client sits in my chair, even your clients that have already bought, bought product from you in the past, there's always a piece or two that they don't have. And you got to know that. You got to know that in your mind, meaning you got to be able to read your salon software and know what your client, before your clients come in, you should have already done. Let me go recap what they got done last time. What products they purchased is now in their backlog in your back office. And now you know how to properly, you know, sell the right products to your clients every time they sit in your chair. And we really have no excuses at this point. And I'm telling you, I've applied these products and I'm these products. Excuse me. I've applied these strategies and taught these strategies consistently over and over and over. And the results that these stylists are having in their salon is amazing. They're like, now my clients are just asking for product. They're asking before I can even open my mouth. <laughs> and that comes from the email marketing. So that's another piece. So when it really comes to thinking about the psychology of how people operate, and this is what I tell all of my students, I need you to think about the psychology of retail. What is it that you want when you go into a store? What is it that you want when you're being serviced? So now you are putting yourself in the mind of your client. And in order for you to put yourself in the mind of your client, you have to have a value proposition. You have to know what problem am I, am I solving? Where does this fit in, in the market? And how can I be consistent and bring that value every single time? So there's so many things that you have to think about 
But more than anything, just think about the mind of your client, because we all have different demographics when it comes to our clientele. Some may be a little bit more seasoned. Some people may have a more seasoned clientele like what I had. And then some may have the, the age bracket that may be teenagers up into maybe 25 or 30. So you got to also market according to where your clients are. We know the young ones, the teeny boppers, the teenagers, they're all on Snapchat. So trying to market them on Instagram or Facebook is not going to work for that part of your clientele. So you got to go where your clientele is. So thinking about how they operate, how they move, you're drawn by what they see. When people are seeing results, they're more in tune and inclined to buy from their stylist. And that right there is a key. That's a whole key right there. Yeah. Well, you gave us quite a few keys. <laughs> So some of the things that I heard are that we need to be prepared for our clients when they come in, that we're actually going back, you know, whether it's a written record, whether it's our memory, which isn't always so reliable, or whether it's a uh, computerized system or a booking system to see, you know, what does this client have? What are they likely to need? Yes. Preparing it out, laying it out um, as far as what they may need to take home and what you're planning to use on them as they get their service done. Mm -hmm. So I think those are things that sometimes we just blow right past. And tell me, like, where do you see the blocks? Because retailing has been something that has been, um, from what I've seen in the industry, and I've been in the industry a long time, is a challenge for us, you know, mentally to, you know, I don't want to be a salesperson. I don't want to be pushy. I, you know, it's like, I don't think that they want this. I don't think they can afford this. It's like, we're having all these conversations in our heads. What do you see from your perspective as the, the biggest blocks for us? And, you know, maybe a couple things. I can say what I find to be one, well, um, I'll go through a few, but one of the blocks that I often um, hear, especially when I have conversations with I'm doing consultations, is that they don't really understand how the product works. So it's the education piece. So once you master understanding the education and they and, and I, I get this all the time, like, well, well, I don't even know where to get the information from. And so when I start asking, when's the last time you've taken a product knowledge class with the product line that you're using? And then it's crickets. <laughs> it comes from product. It comes from the product knowledge because at the end of the day, we are not salespeople. You know, we're not. We're not salespeople. Well, first of all, our entire look is a presentation upon itself. So we don't even realize that we're selling before we open our mouth. So if I was to look like this and go to Walmart, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to get out of Walmart without people asking me for a card to do hair or makeup because I represent that. So you're actually selling before you even open your mouth and you might not even realize it. Okay. So once we get the education piece down, now you have the confidence to educate your client. I always tell these ladies, listen, don't think about the set. I mean, you know, you have a goal, but don't think about the sell. Think about the education. Just educate them. Show them what you're using. Hand them the bottle. Walk away. Hand them a bottle and walk away. When you come back, they screwed the top off. They smelled it. They've turned it over. They read the ingredients. They turned it back over. Now they know the name. So now you've opened yourself up for a whole conversation. So you come back and you say, so what do you think about that? 
Oh man, it smells really good. It smells like coconut. There you go. Now I can talk about my key ingredients. <laughs> now I can talk about how this product is going to work within your hair strands. How is it going to affect the cuticle and the cortex layer of your hair strand? And I always tell my stylists, keep a ballpoint pen at your station. And when you start talking about the hair structure, I want you to pull that ballpoint pen apart. And now you've got all three pieces. Now you can talk to them about the science of what's going on with their hair in that moment at that time. And why, when I apply this product, it's going to do what it's going to do. So a lot of times when we give them that science and that education behind it, clients are like, dude, this is, you know what? This is your head. I don't know nothing about whatever you said. That is far past and beyond me. And when we learn to use our words that we've learned in cosmetology, instead of saying danger, we're saying pityriasis. You know, when we use those large words, now your client is looking at you like, okay, she really is the doctor of hair. Like, I've never heard this language before with any other stylist. And I'm coming back to you for now on. And I'm going to tell my people to come to you too, because you saying stuff, I'm, I've never heard this science. Now what's going on with that? And they trust you. And once they start building that trust with you in terms of the product, it's going to sell by itself. They don't even know that you're selling them a product in that moment of what? That analyzation and that consultation, that AC, that AC, it gets you sales all day long. It's all in presentation. And we have to be strong when we are speaking. We have to be articulate when we are speaking. We have to own the information. So if you got to go back and buy you a cosmetology book, go ahead and get you one. Start studying again. This whole COVID experience has given us time to really analyze our businesses and analyze our skill level and analyze the things that we don't know and search for information. Go back to that cosmetology book. Start mm -hmm. pulling out those big words and talking to your clients like that. And I promise you, they're not ever going to leave you again. I promise <laughs> you. You know, so that's one thing. So the education. Then when, when it comes to the money, we got to get out of our mindset what's going on in our pocketbook. Clear your mind of what you got going on in your bank account. Because your bank account looks funny don't mean your client's bank account looks funny, honey. And I'm going to tell you something. Your clients will find a way to buy product when they want it, when they feel it's valuable, when they feel it's a necessity, when they feel like the doctor has written them a script, they're going to buy that product because they're like, my mess is damaged. I, I, I came in here looking one way. I'm leaving another. So if this is my prescription because I have, I call them prescription pads. Mm -hmm. I'm writing you a prescription. And guess what? If you can't get this today, I understand we have a layaway program for your retail product. And the reason why I suggest that is because these products sell really fast. So what you can do is put down a deposit. And when you come back, you can pay the rest of your product off. They never made it by the next day. The clients never made it by the next day. They're okay, Miss Keen, I'm gonna put just can I put $10? That's fine. And it's their package. And we right. will put them in nice little zebra bags because that was our theme. And you know, put their name on it and it's sitting there and they're just like, by the next day they're calling, can I come back and pick up my product? I got the rest of my money. They will find that money when they know it's valuable. Right. So it's all, it's perception. And a lot of times we, again, we deal with people based on our, what we have going on and it has nothing to do with your clientele. And granted, you're going to have some clients to say, I just, I just have enough just to get my hair service today. You know what? No problem. This is what I'm going to do for you. And when you give them that script and they go home and they read that, 
they don't even make it to the next appointment before they're calling and saying, can I come by and just, can I get the moisturizer at least, you know? Because right. you influence their thinking. We don't, we don't realize that we are the biggest influencers. Wow. Hairstylists, you know what I'm saying? They come in, they talk to us about everything. We are their doctor, we're their lawyer, we're their counselor, we're their everything. And so in that moment, you are their greatest influence. And versus turning on the TV and talking about gossip or talking about what happened on Love and Hip Hop, Let's talk about let's talk about this education with what it is that we're doing today. They deserve that. That's a part of our job. And I couldn't imagine going into a doctor's office and my doctor start talking to me about some gossip and I'm here because I got a problem. We gonna have a problem. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's that's our job. And then the other block I believe that we have, we don't really know how to market the product. So it's like, well, I mean, I, I have products, I have them on the shelf, but they're not, they're not really moving. They're not really selling. So then when I would suggest to them, have you ever heard of a shelf talker? Never heard of that. What is that? You can make these on your own. One, let's start with the company that you're using first. Let's contact their marketing department and let's ask them, do you guys offer any type of marketing for salon owners? Do you have shelf talkers? These shelf talkers literally sit on your shelf and they tell your clients what the products do. So rather it's hair loss, let's say it brings back 50% of hair growth within a 90 day period. That's what that shelf talker is gonna say. It's gonna talk for you. And what happens with the shelf talker, the clients come in, they see the shelf talkers, they go to see what it says, they ask your receptionist, or if you don't have a receptionist, by the time they get to your chair, they're asking you about what they read on your shelf or they're asking you about what they read on the shelf talker was at your, that that was on your reception desk because they also read it there. Like, what is this about the buy one, get one on the product? And what is this hair loss product that's gonna bring back 50% of the hair growth? You've never told me about that. What's going on with this? Is this something new? It, people get hype about whatever it is that they are reading because they're that's a gate. These are gates. Your eyes are gate, your mouth is a gate, your ear is a gate. And these gates will work for you when you put something in the gate so that you can get a maximum return on what people see, what people hear, and what people are constantly being drawn to based on what it is that you present. So it's really up to us. So yes, the shelf talkers are one thing. And then there's another called a mirror talker. This was something, I can't tell you all companies have them, but let me tell you this, let me give you a secret. When I was working at Paul Mitchell as an educator, I taught retail in all of my classes because I needed my students to understand when you hit the floor, this is how you operate. So we taught retail in the classroom. Okay. So one day we were having these contests and I said, hmm, let's create these mirror talkers. Let's put them on the mirror and let the, let the stickers do the talking. And each mirror talker had a question about something that a client would ask you and it related to a product. So, when is the last time you shampooed your hair consistently for let's say five days, every five days, like some weird question that would draw them to, so the clients would see these stickers and say, that's interesting. And so now the student gets to say, so when's the last time you've done that? When's the last time that you put some type of moisturizer on your scalps consistently for five days in a row? I, I've not done that. 
and my scalp is extremely dry. So it opened up these conversations to draw people to the retail. So these are strategies that I taught my students in cosmetology school. And these are strategies I taught my, my uh, employees and my salon. And I'm gonna tell you something, when you apply these strategies consistently over and over, it's like nothing. It's like you waking up every morning brushing your teeth. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how it feels. It's consistency. And a lot of times we are not consistent. And when your clients start asking you, you need to think about, we, we don't think about the psyche of our clients. When our clients start asking questions, I mean, something small like, hey, you, you haven't had a client appreciation in a long time. I remember when you did that back when. That means you need to do a client appreciation. And when you do those client appreciations, let them be, hey, we're celebrating the whole month. And with within you celebrating the whole month, each week, you're doing something different. Meaning we got 10% off retail. We're doing 50% off hair extensions. Next week, we're doing 30% off color. And the clients start, they're feeling this appreciation. So what happens is we get so stuck in our minds about, I don't want to discount my services. I need you to think about the psychology and how people think. You are not discounting a service and not making the money. You're still gonna make the money because the focus should be for you to build the ticket. I'm building the ticket, I'm selling the retail. So they're getting, maybe getting, um, let's say 20% off this color service today, but they also need a protein treatment. That's gonna do what? Preserve the color, build up the protein bonds back in the hair strands. You should be hey, letting your clients know you know, today when you get your color, you get your protein treatment, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, yeah, every time. Every, that's right, every time, every time. See what I'm saying? So you build that because you're building tickets, you're not really losing any money. And and you can add things on. It's so easy to add things onto tickets that it's not even funny. Your clients already know before I leave, she's going to at least sell me a product. Okay? They already know that. But adding on a lip wax or an eyebrow wax or even a scalp massage, doing some type of therapeutic treatments. Everyone right now has been going through changes within their body and people are coming into the salon. They've been on medications. This is going into the winter months. We got to winterize our hair now. Everybody should be focusing on winterizing hair because the scalps are getting ready to start acting a donkey. And you already know when it get out of control, good luck trying to get that together. <laughs> so right now is a great time to start marketing winterizing your hair care needs and these products go along with your hair care needs and why you need to use these this moisturizer every night on the scalp, how it's not heavy on the scalp, how it's made with this and coconut oil, and shea butter, whatever. It's a great time. Mm -hmm. So listen, we're in a great space because everyone started retailing during during COVID. And I'm getting calls from people now like, yeah, I bought all this product and I got too much of it now and I need to get rid of it. I said, well, use your email marketing and start sending out coupons because any product that sits on your shelf longer than 90 days got to go. You're not making any money off of that product for the length of time that has been on your shelf. So now it's time to find out. Let's send out some surveys, send out some surveys to our clients and find out. What it is that they're liking? What is it that they're not liking? You know, kind of dig in the minds of your client because if you got to switch up products because these things may not be working anymore for your particular clientele, especially if you changed over and you're like, you know, I don't do that many relaxed clients anymore. I've kind of gotten into the natural hair care world or whatever your thing might be. You got to make sure that your product matches your clientele. That's huge. That's huge. I know I talked a lot.
That was wonderful. That was wonderful. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like, yeah, mesmerized and, and all these different gems as far as you know how we interact with our clients. It's like I just feel like a sense that there's so much more involvement with our clients that a lot of us, like you say, it's like we may be used to do that, but we may not be doing it or we may not have been as you know blessed as you were to have that type of training early on that we may never have learned some of the things that you're sharing. So I really um, hope this is resonating for people. It's like, we've got actually a few um, comments and stuff that I wanna put up here. Um, but yeah, thank you for that because I think it gives us so much, hopefully it's been like a spark to say, ooh, I need to do that. And ooh, I need to do that. And you know, it's like, are you doing promotions in your salons to, to keep that energy and ex excitement you know, with your clientele, your existing clientele? Um, you know, during when we were in lockdown mode, you know, were you communicating with your clients and helping them navigate, you know, what to do with their hair and what type of products that they need? Like you say, shifting into gear with the seasons and what the hair tends to need every single year is like it needs to be winterized. It's like your car, you know, it's like you're not going to, you know, go into winter not prepared. So I think it's putting the responsibility on us as professionals to step up into that professional role and that, you know, all the other pieces start to fall together. Absolutely. So yes. And one more thing I would love to add too. I think a lot of times we, we, we just get geared and stuck in one platform meaning, you know, it's like, okay, I have a website. I'm going to sell products to my clients on a website. I'm going to post my website. But there's so many other entities that we can now put our beauty retail product on. And there's so many different ways that your clients can now pay. You can, you know, use Afterpay and Sezzle. You know, you can uh, build an Amazon store. Like there's so many different outlets that we can use that have already been created by other people. So tapping into someone else's technology and building a store, putting my beauty business store on SD. So now not only are you selling to people who may know you personally, but now you're building a customer base outside of the salon because the clients that come into your salon, you can touch them. You know, you talk to them, you've built them from personal knowledge. You know, that's a client, but building a customer base is out retailing outside of your salon. And there's a lot of platforms that we could be using. There's too many e-commerce uh, websites out there that we could be building on and putting our beauty products on and not being so mad at Amazon because a lot of stylists are like so mad at Amazon. I said, when the competition, when, when, when the competition is winning, you join them. You don't fight them. <laughs> this is the art of war. This is a, this is an art of war. We are in a war right now in the beauty industry space. Too many people have tapped into our industry and made millions of dollars and never spun a chair, never talked to a client, never clicked no curling iron, never relaxed a, a head of hair. And they out here making millions of dollars? Well, what did they do that I didn't do? They sold retail to your client. Mm -hmm. That's what they did. Yeah. And I'm, guess yeah. what, I'm not, I used to be one that was hardcore, hey, salon products, and, I, and, and I'm all for salon products, but there are some products that are in the beauty supply store that work really well. And my thing is this, don't be mad at Sally's. Don't be mad at some, because guess what? 
somebody, oh, I was getting ready to say something. I want to throw out no names. I don't want to get sued. But there are professional product lines in Sally's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know why? We wouldn't retail. Right. And they said, I got to put it somewhere. Right. Absolutely. So, being mad, listen, <laughs> let's join them. Forget that. Let me open up a retail store and sell my, my product. Because let me tell you something. Your distributors, they on Amazon. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it at that. Tell us, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's messed up, but it is what it is. It's survival of the fittest right now. Yes, yeah. So but there, get- there's a huge market as well. And yeah. it's like, you know, building that relationship even on a customer basis versus our clientele can make a huge difference because at the end of the day, we still have a little more expertise or a little bit more that we can share with anybody who's interested in what we have to offer. Absolutely. I see the question. Yeah. So this is one and I want to get uh, slide another something in there as well. Okay. Move on. So she says, I used to sell, um, and this is here by Jewel. Thank you for your, um, for your comment here. I want to address that. And we've got a few more. It's like, we'll try to get, get as many as we can in. Okay. She says, I used to sell products, but never was able to sell any products to clients because they would say I can buy it online. So how would you address that? Miss retail boss. <laughs> well, you, well, you know, when it comes to our clientele, it's, it's up to us to make our clientele understand that without their business, we don't have a business. So in order for my business to stay open and in order for my business to thrive so that I can continue to service you, it would be amazing for you to support my business by buying your retail from me. And then with that, we also have to check and see, well, what products are my clients buying? Are they buying products that I don't use? And if they are, why? A survey. So you can survey your clientele and find out what's going on. And then the products that they're buying, if they are salon products and they're the same products that you have in your salon and they're finding it on Amazon and they're pulling it up right in your face and all this or whatever. At that point, the only thing you could tell them is if you want to support Amazon, you support Amazon. If you want to support me, you support me. I would expect for my clientele to want to, you know, help me stay in business and then find out what the price margins are. And if you got to undercut by a dollar, if you got to take it down by 99 cents, (laughs) sometimes our prices, sometimes our, and I teach this in one of my classes, your price margins for your product has to also match your clientele. You cannot sell a, $30 $30 bottle of shampoo when your clients are only paying $40 for their hair services, it doesn't match. Mm-hmm. So if you have a high ticketed priced service-based salon, most of those high ticketed based service salons, those clients buy those products in those stores mm-hmm. and Amazon products are not guaranteed to be according to shelf life. Right. A lot of people on Amazon, they sell an old product. And I will let my client know that this is all product. Just like if you go to uh, the TJ Maxx and Marshall's, those they have because one of my clients, one of my clients came in with this bottle, this product that I use for hair loss. And she says, I found these drops in Marshall's for fifteen dollars and you sell them for 30. Mm -hmm. And I said, and let's look at them. I didn't fight with her. Let's let's compare. I opened them. I looked at the bottom of the box. It was expired product. I said, ma'am, this product 
is right. it expired last year. Mm-hmm. And now if you buy, if you use that product and you start having a problem, matter of fact, let me get you to sign this release form right here because <laughs> you letting me know that you using other products because you're not going to sue me. And mm-hmm. I can't, you can't control people, but what you can do is inform people. Mm-hmm. And the more information you give them, the more they see results, the more they understand that my business stays open as long as my clientele is purchasing from me. Then they start to look at you in a different light, like, yeah. And now, and right now we're in a good time because it's all about supporting black businesses and, you know, you know, support your small business, support your black business. You need to run with that right now, for real. And if you got to send out an email blast and have, comp- that's another thing. It's communication and conversation through email and let your email sound like you. Don't do this fancy email that sounds like you got it off the internet. After or the internet, like my grandmother used to say, the internet. So got it off the internet. No, you need to create your emails and let them sound like you, and let your clients feel your emotion through your email, and mm-hmm. see that start. You start dealing with the psyche, the mind, and letting them know, like during this time of COVID, these are some of the things that we've all experienced. You have to be relatable in that email. They need to be able to find themselves in your email marketing. They need mm-hmm. to find and identify like, oh, man, yeah, she she feeling the same thing we're feeling. Mm-hmm. And now is a vital, very important time that you guys support me, support the salon by purchasing your products and give them a give them a coupon code, man. Give, give them a little 10 percent off. Ten mm-hmm. percent. You wouldn't realize how many people will flock to buy your stuff for one little coupon. Right. So every month I send out coupons, digital coupons every month to my clients. I started this back in 2012. I mm. send them out to them every month. So they were coming to the salon. Oh, yeah, I got my coupon. Let me get my retail. Matter of fact, let me get three more bottles of so-and-so because my husband and my son like it too. And they keep using mine. So mm-hmm. absolutely back to your units per transaction. All of this late. It yeah. all works together. Yeah. It does. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's so much like with the, um, with the discounts and that type of thing. It's like, I, this was years ago when Black Friday was kind of just really gearing up. It's like my sister was, um, you know, like a teen or something. And she's like, we have to get up at five in the morning to be at the store at like five 30 in the morning. Cause they're giving away like a yeah. free donut. <laughs> I was like, I'm not getting up at five in the morning. It's like, I'll buy you a donut on the way. <laughs> but I mean, there's, there's so much, like you said, psychology in terms of how people respond to something, you know, a free donut, a 10% yeah. off coupon, all of these things really interact with yes. like, oh, wow. It's like, and then they remember that last time, you know, right. for next time. It's like, right. You gave me that discount last time. It's like, it's almost time for me to get the other one. And so, you know, they'll come back and create that loyalty as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And your clients never forget, never forget your clients' birthdays. Always make sure that, you know, you take care of your clientele. When they feel like you love them, like really, your clients will start treating you like family. Mm -hmm. And then they want to take care of you as well. And I'm telling you guys, I mean, I know people always want to preach customer service, customer service, customer service. Yes. But what goes along with that customer service is you being consistent, you making them feel like I'm a person just like you are being relatable within your customer service. However, you're 
dealing with your clients or however you're you know displaying whatever you're displaying to your clients whether you use email marketing or you're using social media or whatever making sure that you're consistently relatable making sure that you're empathetic they have a loss in their family be sympathetic send the flowers send the cards you cannot expect for people to want to buy from you when you don't put anything in the pot we got to stop being selfish. We got to change our mindset about how, how we think about our clientele. And you got to learn how to be a giver. Because um, every year when I open up my email from Louis Vuitton and they say, we got a free so-and-so for you, that's because I don't spend so much money in their store. Right, you, right. Well, you know, my husband doesn't spend so much money in their store. <laughs> you know, like, that's really how it works. They take care of their customers because they know if I take care mm -hmm. of you, you're going to take care of me. Right. And when you make them feel like they're a VIP, everybody should feel like a VIP. When they feel mm -hmm. like a VIP, they're always going to come back to you. They're going to feel like there's nothing anybody else can do for them but you. Yes. And that is building clientele. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, make, make them feel important and like yeah. everybody is a VIP and also identifying your clients, like who are your top 20% clients? And is there something additional that you might be able to put together for them that makes them feel even more special? Absolutely. Because yeah, those ones that come in and get three or four products each time that they come yes. and more, or the people who are online supporting you during the lockdown saying, it's like, oh, well, what do you have? I was like, I'll just get that or I'll pay for my services in advance. All of that stuff is because you've sewn something in. That's so, right. yeah, I think you're so, so right on point with that. So you shared a lot of things with, with the blocks. And I really, really hope that people got something out of that. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other, um, any other quick questions or anything. But I wanted to ask, you were talking about the, um, the platforms online. And I think for some of us, it's like, you know, standing behind the chair, thinking about talking to a client, it's like, we're nervous. We have all these different things. I think you, um, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, addressed a lot of that. Um, but what about online? Because some of us are really nervous about online. We're not sure how to market. We're not sure how to market. I'm sorry. You okay? Yes, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Oh. I forgot to bring my water here too, but yeah, I did. I did. All right. <laughs> I did. But um, yes, online platforms using um e-commerce stores really do help. I know there, I know I get a lot of people um sometimes when I start working with them, they're like, I can't I really can't afford a website uh right now. So, you know, I know I need to sell retail, but I I I don't have a means because I don't have a website. And I'm like, no, you do. You just don't know that you have one. And I'm like, do you use salon software? Yes, I do. Your salon software normally has some type of quote unquote where they house your particular business. That is considered like a mini website, like a website within their website. Okay. So a lot of them have that. And a lot of them will have where you can create a retail store that's an e-commerce. Like for instance, if anyone uses, um, let's say, let me take, let me take you outside of the realms of salon software, because I don't want to start throwing out names because I will start throwing out names. So <laughs> let's just think about your, how you take your payments. So let's say you use Square. Square okay. has a retail store. Mm. 
Square has a retail store. So you can you can decide what part, like how you want to use their retail store. Do you want to build a website with their retail store or do you want to build a social media e-commerce? And if you build a social media e-commerce, you can literally upload pictures of your products. You can upload pictures of clients that you style with those products right on that mini site. And it connects to your social media and you can have that done in an hour. Mm -hmm. You know it now. You have a social media page. You you know, have you guys, and I know you guys probably have seen this, the little shopping bag, that little shopping bag, that oh. their, their social media page, they created an e-commerce Instagram okay. and connected it to their payment system. Okay. Depends on what they're using, whether it's PayPal, Shopify, you know, any of them, they all have it to where you can set up the little e-commerce that directly connects to your social media page. So mm -hmm. I definitely would um, suggest to create a, a social media business page because with the business page, you can see all your analytics and you know how to deal with the people that are on your page or following. Or if you say, well, I don't want to build another page because I already have all these followers on my personal page. Well, you can turn your personal page into a business page, but then you need to change the things that's on your personal page. So if you want to, you're going to have to do inventory is what I'm right. saying. And that way it looks good and it makes sense. You see what I mean? So uh, those e-commerce stores, I know um, a big cartel, uh, WooCommerce, you have, um, what's the other one? Squarespace, like mm -hmm. all of these, these little e-commerce stores, you can build on your own. To where you don't have to hire anyone mm -hmm. and you're literally putting in your pricing um and then your form of payment is normally through their system and all you're doing is basically is is click and click and paste and okay. it's really easy to do um i know that recently i did a class called retail with a bang and i introduced uh the layaway systems uh there's one called called clara clara k-l-a-r-a there's one um, called Sezzle, and then there's another one that's called Afterpay. And you wouldn't believe, let me tell you something. Some of these celebrities, they got their stuff right on those people's sites. You can set it up, put it on there. You can have that thing done in an hour, all your products and everything listed. You can um, copy and paste whatever pictures. You can use the same pictures that you use to promote your, say you have a website already, you can use the same pictures and you can plug and play and put them in there, make it look really good. But they have within the software, it builds this look for you based mm -hmm. off of the algorithm, based yep. off the information that you put in about your business. So if you're in a beauty business, they already have an algorithm for beauty business. So mm -hmm. it's going to create this look for your page and then you can modify it however you want. But the great thing about those layaway programs is uh those layaway pages that you're building for your business um it gives people the ability to buy in bundles so now you're selling 50 60 80 sets and it gives them four easy payments and they charge their card every two weeks until it's paid off then you get a notification that payments have been made in full and now you can ship out their product so, so it's Yes, it, seriously, it's late when I'm like, oh, my God, I was doing this in my salon before this even ever came about. I was doing right. late So, yeah, that's and that's and, and with that, you can sell more units at one yeah. time, you know, 
And I'm going to be honest with you. I've used a couple of those because I like to buy a lot of makeup at one time. Mm-hmm. And there's one particular product line that I use is pretty pricey. And they let you use, they let you use coupons on there too. So I get my coupon. I'll go ahead and buy, get my two hundred dollars worth of makeup, put it in the buggy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. buy my coupon, and I let it break up my little payments. And before you know it, my box is at the door. Okay. It's simple. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 golden. <laughs> yeah, especially with the holidays coming. Mm-hmm. So. Um, one thing I want to ask before we move into some of the holidays, if we have enough time, okay. um, is with, you know, I know there's someone out there who's watching, who's saying it's like, but I've been putting stuff on social media. I've been, you know, promoting and this, that, and the other, and I'm still not really getting sales. What is that missing link, you know, or what possible pieces may be missing from the promotion of it to actually hitting, having someone hit the button. Well, I'm going to tell you guys this straight up and be very honest with you. Everybody hits that point with their business to where it's like, okay, nothing's happening here. And the definition of insanity is to keep doing something the same way over and over and over. So whatever you're doing is not working. You got to do something different. And I know for me, what I had to do different to sell premium courses, I had to run ads and I had to get outside of my regular 4,000 followers. I had to get outside of that. And it was like, how do I push this? How do I get more people to hear my voice, to hear who I am? So to push my podcast, I would just run these ads on Facebook. I would run ads on Instagram. I started off with doing that first. And people started finding me or they started emailing me and they're like, hey, I really want to take your class. And these people didn't know me from a can of paint, mm. from a can of paint. And I need y'all to understand something. The people that know you and I'm going to be 100. I might, I might <laughs> crunch your toe. Come on with it. I'm crunch your toe. The people that know you, they're not going to buy from you like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the sad, honest truth. Most people that's going to buy from you, they're buying either the experience that you've given them by watching you on social media or they're buying the results that they've seen from something you've posted, a picture, doing lives and talking about your product, going live and applying the product. And I get it. Some I can hear it in your mind. I don't like going live. I'm, I'm scared. I'm nervous. Put your big girl drawers on. Put your <laughs> big boy pants on. You don't have a choice. You're a business owner. And until you can afford to pay a marketing firm to come along and do it for you, you have to do it yourself. And I get this thing all the time. I don't want to be the face of the brand. I don't want to be the face of the brand. You don't have to be the face of the brand, but you got to work the brand. And the brand is the experience that you're giving people. It's not a logo, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. It's not your little saying. That's not a brand. <laughs> your brand is an experience. So what type of experience are you giving people when they hear your voice, when they see your post, when they they look at your video, like, what is it? And go do inventory. Look and see what people like. Like, people are nosy. They like to see what you do. Like, I'm like, how do I get so many likes on a picture of me and my husband doing something so trivial? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is that? Like, right, right. I need you to understand. You might not be shallow, 
But people are really shallow and they buy into you based off of the stupidest stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I'm being so real. So what is it in your salon that is interesting? You know, you might you might do hair with just music. You can have music playing. You doing hair. Everything is fast paced. You throwing combs. You doing this. That you That's your stage. That's your platform. That's your hair show. Show out. Let these people see what you do. Show all the way off. If you could flick your shiz and those are the things that up to, if you think of the, that's what makes people go viral. And I'm not saying do something that is unprofessional, but I'm saying is you have to be yourself, do something that you know that is organic, that is different. If, if that's your presentation with, with how you apply your product, you got a certain way you scrunch the hair. You had a certain way that you do a certain hairstyle. You've created a certain type of haircut and that's your signature thing. And every time people come on, they know they're going to get that from you. Give people what they want. And it's and it's, it's not an easy thing. And you got to figure out it's really trial and error. Any marketing firm will tell you, well, this is the plan that we have for your business, but it's trial and error. So we have to try. We have to start with this and see what response we get. And then you have to get yourself in an algorithm that you will come up on that explore page. Like my kids, they swear I'm famous. I'm like, only got 4,000 followers. They swear I'm famous. They're like, mom, you're always on the explore page. And I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> I just get in the algorithm and it's based on what people are looking for. What hashtags are you using that people are looking up consistently? And you're like, I don't know nothing about hashtagging. I don't even know what you're talking about. All you got to do is go on that search bar and put in hashtag cosmetology and it's going to say how many millions of people are following that hashtag but what is interesting which you have to keep in mind when you use these hashtags and it's like 1.5 million people using that hashtag the likelihood of somebody finding you by you using that hashtag is going to be low so then you want to stick to the ones that are like a couple hundred thousand you know what i'm saying like get in the Get in the flow, the 5,000, get in the flow, get in the flow. So what happens is when people put in that hashtag, your picture will come up. You want your picture to start coming up like at the top of the search every time when they're going to look to see pictures underneath that hashtag. That's what you want to happen. You want to get in a good algorithm flow. And when you start realizing what hashtags work for you, tip for you guys, create five hashtags that are organic just for your business. Rather, it's like the name of your business or whatever identifies with your business that you make up that no one's ever used. Do that first, because after after 100 uses of that hashtag, Instagram will grant you a hashtag. They'll say this. This is your hashtag. Now, that has happened to me several times. So you want to create five and then the rest of them that you're going to use. You need to research and find which ones work for what it is that you do. Make, make it make sense. Now, don't be hashtagging the shade room. And you know what I'm saying? And, and you, you're doing this and you do. Well, I'm not. They will repost your stuff. But, you know, I'm saying you make mm -hmm. it make sense. And then right. put it in your notes, put it in notes and then copy and paste it and start you in and have several have several, uh, let's say, groups of hashtags because Instagram will flag you for hashtag abuse. Ask me how I know. And you can only use 30 <laughs> hashtags at one time. Ask me how I know. Okay. So yeah, that's the, that's the key to it. And I started hashtagging retail products, hashtagging hair products. That's Those are the hashtags that you need. Use my hashtag. Put I am the retail boss and put uh, retail boss 
uh, use the retail boss hashtag, and then your stuff will start coming up under my hashtag where people go and look at my stuff, then they'll come to your page. You got to find people that are influential that kind of goes along with some of whatever it is that you're doing. That way it'll push more leads to your page and hopefully they'll click that link in the bio and then make sure that your link that's in your bio, use things like Linktree, you know? So if you have several different products or several different ways people can buy your product, you might say, hey, not only do I sell hair products, but I also sell tools. Not only do I sell tools, but I sell I sell clothes or I sell this or I sell that. You know, make sure that in your link tree, you put all the links to all the different places where they can go to buy your products. So they click here, they go to that, click here, they go to that. That's what that link tree is for. I think it's, it's the greatest thing they could have ever created because you can't put any links in your Instagram feed. They don't, they're not accessible. You can put them there, but they don't work. Right. You know? so, yeah. Hopefully that helps. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think everybody just got a little a little schooled there with, uh, <laughs> with the internet and all. So yeah, that that's fabulous. Yeah, and, and don't so, take it for granted if you don't have a lot of followers, because let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. I would rather have less followers and more people clicking and paying than have mm -hmm. millions of followers and nobody clicking and paying. That it, that I've, I've and you see it, we see it, and we hear it all the time. We have celebrities and people saying it all the time, like I have all these followers, but I'm broke. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So you know, you got to just kind of think about it in that aspect. Like, don't give up, don't get discouraged. Keep doing it. The more you do it, you'll right. get more comfortable. I hated going live for a long <laughs> time. I started lives on Facebook, and I hated it. And I had to, I had to stop saying it, but I had to switch my language, which takes me to my book. But I had to change my language and say, I don't hate Facebook. <laughs> I don't hate Instagram. I don't hate live. I, I have to, I'm embracing this. This is my classroom. And I changed right. my mindset. I'm like, this is my classroom, man. I'm not even going to think about the book no more. This is my classroom. I'm going to take control of this. I'm going to own this right now. This is my information. Everybody get ready to hear what I got to say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is making those language shifts and, and yes. the perception shifts. Yeah, definitely. And um, I'm trying to scoot up a few of the things. But yeah, it's like we've got some really good comments. People are are taking it in, loving what you're sharing. Some um, One said it's a lot of info, but even more reminders. Because sometimes we need to circle back to what we used to do and, and things that we've forgotten and gotten away from. Yes, so, yeah. And you talked about the followers, but um, <clears throat> should we spend time building up a lot of followers before we start marketing for the products? No. No. Okay. No. Start right away. Start right away. I have a, a young lady that coached with me for a year. And mm -hmm. she doesn't have a lot of followers, but she gets $700 retail sales. One one person clicking her link on social mm -hmm. media. Seven. She sent me a screenshot. She said, this person bought $700 <laughs> worth of products and tools because she sells like flat irons and blow dryers. She was like, and all I did was post that one video with that blowout. Yeah. And she bought all, the, all these products. She bought it for her and for her daughter. Nice. And I was just like, blown away like she doesn't right. have she doesn't have that many followers and she's always she does videos she puts her she literally puts her phone on her station and uh -huh. she just does a client she has a client are you okay with me recording and they're like yeah she doesn't even talk to the screen 
Mm-hmm. And people buy based off of the results that they see her do from beginning to end. They buy into the whole story of whatever it is that she's doing. Nice. And that girl now has a retail store in her salon. She's now opened a retail store mm. in her salon. It is a it's during and this happened during COVID. She was like, I think I'm just gonna open a beauty supply store. I said, let's do it. We yeah. started planning, we got strategic with it, what products you will carry, what lines you're gonna carry, da-da-da, how you gonna do this. And now her sons, they be working for her shipping out products now. Like it's guys. Yeah. That that's like almost sums up our title. It's like co- retail is the new cosmetology. It's like making that shift, shift in your space, whatever it takes. It is. It's yeah. always been there, but yeah, now it's like it's at the top of the list now at this moment. Yeah, it has to be. I think you know, especially with the the possibility that we may have another lockdown and we may not right. be able to stand behind the chair the way that we're used to. That's right. So, you guys need to be bundling a COVID emergency hair care kit. Ooh, start selling, I like that name. Start selling those, start selling those suckers. $59.95. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I love that. Bag open when you have to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get those sales early. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would love for you to just to give us a one last uh, question, if we can. Um, with Black Friday coming up, you know, we've got Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, the Christmas holidays. Um, Is there any tip that you might give us in addition to everything else you've already shared with us that might help us get prepared to kind of maximize this time, which is in a couple of weeks. It's really a close turnaround time. Well, I definitely would suggest to get on as many platforms as you can to sell your product. We are—we I know we just talked about that, but that's like mm-hmm. one of the first things that I would look into doing. Um, okay. I would also set my sales goals. So like um, last year, if you were selling retail last year, it's, it's easier to go from your numbers, which you did last year. And I know we've had a stressful year. So everybody is really still going to be in the red. I don't think anybody's going to get out of the red this year but at least try to make as much money as you can. So if you can try to at least match what you did last year, since we had such a disadvantage, it's hard to try to go yourself, you know, 20% what you did last year. Cause normally that's what I would say, but you can't really do that. So I would at least try to match that. So if you did like um, in November, December, the last two months going into January, if you did like $7,000, I would really focus that and then break it down. Well, how much does that mean I need to make per week? So I would do the numbers, do my math and break that down. And then how many bottles do I need to sell to get to that goal? If my average bottle is like I keep bringing up the twenty dollars, my average bottle is twenty dollars. Then let me use that and break that down. And that lets me know how many bottles I need to sell per day. So let's just and let's just make the goals. I need you to understand we're not just talking about the goals in the salon, even though we're talking we're talking overall here. So your number might seem big but I need you to think about all the outlets that you have to sell on as well. So go ahead and set up those other little e-commerce stores, do it SD, do it, do it Amazon, do, do those other little stores because that's where people are going and that's where people are shopping. And when you give the little, cause even on Amazon, you can give a little uh, coupon that say you get 5% off your purchase at the end of this purchase. And then uh, the algorithms within those particular, um, small sites will tell you, hey, like this person's trying to buy more than one item at a time. And you can actually put in to suggest what items go with this item. 
-hmm. and you can also upload you can have it like amazon has it where you can a person can if you have a store on amazon they ask me how i know because i got other businesses y'all just don't know about you can a person can if you sell makeup they can upload a picture of themselves and try on your lipsticks try on your eyeshadows because they built all of these things into the software and you didn't have to do anything but just create a business account you know what i'm saying open your own little store so the more outlets you have you got to go where the people are because they don't know you and they don't know how to find you so it's gonna it you got to get in the flow once you start getting in this rhythm and in this flow then people start to make the connections like, oh, yeah, I seen this store. And it was like, oh, yeah, I seen her on Instagram. It's the same store. It's the same person. And people start to make the connection. But for the most part, you get exposed to people who you would have never gotten exposed to before. And then um, creating your coupons. Already plan, plan those out for however you want to plan those out for and put a date on them. So if you're going to have a coupon from, from this day to this day, you know, put a date on it. So now people are like, Oh my gosh, I got to use this because I'm going to miss out on the 20% if I don't, you know, get this today. That's what happened to me. I went to like, um, bath and body works a couple days ago. I had these coupons. I was like, Oh snap, they about to run out. I got to go. Right. <laughs> I had to get those $25 candles, man. 20% off. That was good. Right. So you know that that's what happens. People get in a panic to use their their coupon. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. And I think also last tip is to take an evaluation of what it is that you're selling because right now because of the holidays, I need you guys to think about stocking stuffers. I need you guys to think about ornaments. Like we used to do this thing in my salon. We made these. Um, I bought these ornaments from AliExpress, and they were clear balls, and you can crack them open. And on the inside of them, we would put like little things like uh, lip glosses, nail polishes, um, like uh, grooming items, like little small things. And we would sell the ornament and it would be like ten dollars. Now, I would get these little small little um, these little round little ornaments. They would cost me like two cents. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And there's, there's just so many things that you can do. And your clients are looking for trinkets. They're looking for stocking stuffers. So get yourself outside of the mindset of just selling like hair products. There's other things that you can also start selling. And beauty's a whole world. So you can get eyeshadow palettes. You can even get these eyeshadow palettes with your name on them, your salon name on them. There's so many different things that you can just, you know, you can do. And then mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of gift baskets. Like make your own gift baskets, put them together. Um, let your clients see that they can they can purchase these for their family members. They can give these away as gifts and decorate your salon. People are still coming into the salon. Put up your Christmas tree now. I'm letting you know right now the mall is already in Christmas. I ain't seen no Thanksgiving stuff nowhere. The mall is in Christmas. I went yeah. in the mall, Bath and Body, and was like, I'm at Christmas. I'm smelling candy canes over here. You know, hey, go to get you some candy cane smelling candles. When people come in the salon, they're already in the Christmas spirit. People are right. willing to give, they're willing to spend. And then last but not least, after the gift baskets, gift cards. Gift mm-hmm. cards are great. And right now, you could do digital gift cards, guys. Most wow. of our um, payment systems that we use, they, ha- mm-hmm. they offer that. So make sure you go in your back office and let me see what everything so-and-so has to offer, whether it's PayPal, Square. Let me see what's going on. And guess what, guys? You can create them yourself. Like I created some and I sent them out to some of my um, my VA patients 
because a lot of them have their prosthetic hair units that the government bought for them. And a lot of them want to get them colored. So I thought about it because, you know, you hear what people say. They're like, I really want to get colored, but I can't afford it. And I'm like, OK, I'll be right here. So <laughs> guess what? I talked about that in my email and I let them know, like, hey, now somebody can give to you your hair services for your prosthetic hair units by purchasing these gift cards. You can yeah. send this out to your family members and they can literally just forward it right to them. Forward the email to them. Boom. They purchase the gift card and the gift card has that person's name. It goes to their email address and now they can use it to purchase their services from me for their prosthetic hair unit. So it's no excuse. We have too, it's too many ways to make money. It's no excuse. Yeah. We got to get with the getting because everybody else out here getting your clients money. Why not you? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Absolutely. This has been so phenomenal. Thank you for all these words of wisdom. And I think you said it earlier. It's not education that gets us moving forward, but the uh, implementation of the education. Right. <laughs> so I want you guys to go out and, you know, set up a plan, kind of lay out, take some notes and figure out, you know, what are like the key three things that you got out of this that you can implement and get it going before the holiday, because we have, we still have several weeks before um, Black Friday. And I know, you know, this year is crazy and off and everything. And some of the um, uh, big stores have already started Black Friday. So that's even, I think, a greater opportunity to start it now and, you know, have something each week, have something, you know, that's, you know, building up to something big. You know, there's so many different ways to to put it all together. So we so appreciate you being here, Kina, and so appreciate all of the information that you shared with us tonight. And um, tell us, you know, a little bit like what's next for you and how can people reach you as well? Wow. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy and a pleasure. I absolutely love teaching. So this is just right up my alley, honestly. <laughs> but um, as you mentioned earlier, I do have a um, international podcast. So if you guys have not subscribed to the Retail Boss podcast, you can find me on all streaming platforms. I mean, all, even on Pandora and iHeartRadio. You can find me everywhere now. So definitely dig into some of those podcasts because I just, I go in and I give a lot of information. Um, also, I if I think I may have mentioned it a second ago or whatever, but um, I launched my first book last year and it's called Affirmations for Beauty Industry Professionals. And I created that book for people just like you who sometimes didn't know what to say about their business. And I used to always say this thing, like every time I turn around, something's going wrong. And then one day it clicked. I walked in my salon one day and it was water coming out the door on the floor. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? And this was like a holiday weekend. Like everybody was booked. And I walked in and I was just like, standing in water. And I was like, every time I turn around, it's something. And Holy Spirit spoke to me that day and said, and because you keep saying it is why it keeps happening. And that day I got that. And I said, I will never say that again. So I will walk into my salon from that day forward and say, every time I turn around, clients are looking for Strand Salon and Spa. I just started speaking positive words and I'm telling you, everybody in the salons, chairs were swinging. I mean, we had a waiting list. I couldn't take no more clients. Like it was, it got crazy for a long time. And I brought things into the area that weren't being done. I was like the first 
uh, salon to sell uh, hair extensions out of the salon, the virgin hair and all those types of things. And those things I wanted. So because I wanted that those types of things in my business, I kept speaking it. So I said, you know what? I want to put this in a book and I want people to be able to use this as a tool. When you don't know what to say, you got to say something and you sure got to say the right thing because you don't want the wrong thing to pop off. So, yes, you guys can feel free to go to my website, www.retailbossbiz.com. And I'm going to be launching a, a whole new set of classes come January. And uh, with the subscription to that particular site, you will be able to get classes every single month. I'm talking if you want to take one class per week, you will be able to take one class per week. And I also have a Facebook group that you will be added to to where you will have these mastermind classes, you know, just with me, the retail boss, they are still helping you with your salon business. So that's what I have that I'm 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 that I'm gonna speak about right now, Miss. <laughs> speak about right now, but I'm gonna put you down on what I got going on in a little bit. But it's something else that I have up my sleeve. But it's amazing how God works, because again, like I said earlier, He will take you back to your first love, and mm-hmm. that's what's happening with me right now. And thank you. I just appreciate you so much for having me. I really yeah. thank, you. thank yeah, you. Yeah, we appreciate you. It's like this has been wonderful, and. Um, like I, I shared, you know, when I opened this, like our first conversation was about two hours long. <laughs> it was. I was at that point, like, okay, I could have her on for like eight different types of shows. So it's like, we still got more to go. <laughs> yes. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, so we've got to <laughs> keep yeah. up with you and all of the things that you have, all of the great things that you have going on. But I want to thank everyone who's here, who's watching us live. I want to thank everyone who's watching us on the replay, listening to us on the podcast. We're just speaking that into existence. It will be up and ready very soon. And um, I invite you guys, it's like I was sharing um, across the screen earlier, it's like I do have a financial survival guide. It's a video um, that's a free gift for anybody that may be trying to get their things back balanced um, as far as their finances. Um, You can just go to beautysuperstars.com and about a second later, a blue little pop-up will pop up and you can get instant access to it. Um, But it's been really helpful for a lot of people to just kind of put things in order, put things in perspective first and then put things in order. Um, so, um, that is a gift that we have for you. It's like, if you are watching on YouTube, please subscribe, um, please share, you know, this with anybody who, who needs this. And I know that there is a ton of, um, there are a ton of hairstylists and salon owners who need to hear this information that will enrich their business. Um, especially, you know, picking up some momentum as we end 2020 and move into 2021 that we need the things that you shared to really put our put ourselves set ourselves up for success so um with all of that it's like again thank you guys for being here and we will be back next week we are going to continue winning the retail game and we will have jane carter um and she is going to share retail's dirty little secrets And if you have retail products that you're making yourself and you want wider distribution, she's going to have some tips for you to guide you through 
um, and navigate the the waters that are out there because it's like some of it can be a little murky and some things that are set up for you not to to win per se. And so she's going to share details with that. It'll be real. So um, come and, and join us. And if you're thinking about starting a product, she may have some answers for you as well, creating your own brand. And then we'll move into um, Thomas Fawcett has just written a book that's coming out soon. And it is called Shut Up and Close the Deal. And he's going to be here to help us, you know, embrace our inner salesperson and uh, shut up and stop getting in our own way. <laughs> So I'm really looking forward to the last uh, couple things for this month. And then as we move into next month for December, we're going to have some life changers here for you. Some people whose purpose and passion has really resulted in them impacting a lot of lives and making a difference. And so I think that's what our whole industry is really about. So we'll end the year with um, with that. So. Um, again, thank you for joining us with Beauty Superstars Talk. And um, if you've missed any of our episodes, please feel free to visit Beauty, um, not Beauty Superstars. You can visit us there, but also on YouTube um, forward slash Mickey Wright. And it's just M-I-K-I-W-R-I-G-H-T. And we've got all the episodes there so you can uh, play catch up. So um, take great care. Everybody have a fabulous day and we will see you next Tuesday at seven. And thank you again, Kina. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Have a great night. Bye-bye.